Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. It's another episode of the Brett Allen Show. Today we are chatting with the amazingly talented and hilarious uh, Mark Gagliardi about Blood and Treasure, uh, Drunk History. Blood and Treasure is available to watch now. Such a great show. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. I know a lot of uh, our listeners were excited when they found out we were chatting with you. We'll talk about that and Drunk History, but uh, thanks for hanging out, my friend. It's a pleasure to meet you. It is a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, I, I've been listening to your show. I enjoy it. You've interviewed lots of my friends, so I'm very excited yes, to well, now get to brag with them. Definitely from Drunk History of course. and a few others. Um, Anders Home. We did. Uh, we used to tour with uh, National Lampoon together back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And Ronnie great. Jean Blevins, oddly enough, years and years and years ago, when we both were brand new to Los Angeles, was my boss in the diner of the Standard Hotel. Interesting. That's so crazy. Yeah, Ronnie Jean was great. Uh, But we are excited to have you as well. Thanks. Let's talk about uh, Blood and Treasure because this is, we're in our third season, correct? Or second season? You know, it feels like our third season. Yeah, second season. Uh, it I'm is our second <laughs> season. We, uh, it's been a while. We started shooting. Uh, we shot the first season in 2018. And then the second season we shot, we began shooting in 2019. And then obviously uh, the world came to a screeching halt in March of 2020. And then it was a while before we started back up again. And it's finally getting released right now. So by now, timing-wise, we should be on our third season, but this is our second 13-episode uh, story that we're telling. And the response has just been fantastic. I know, as yeah. I mentioned early on, people have been excited about this. How does it feel, though, finally to have this out for people to oh, watch? It feels so good. It has been, uh, it's been one of those things that I, I'm really proud of the show. I'm really proud of the cast and the writers and our showrunner. Uh, who also became a director for this season. Uh, and so he directed the first couple of episodes. Uh, everybody, it's a lot of really great artists firing on all cylinders. And I think that it's a really great show. And I'm glad that it's finally out in the world. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think one of the taglines or log lines was more globe trotting and badassery uh, <laughs> come to Paramount Plus. And I think that's it because it's just it's so fun. But I have to ask, like when you're putting yeah. a show together like this and you're kind of filming all over the place, like when you were shooting this and then things went on hold and then you get it back going. I know Anders said like when he was filming, uh, you know, um, gosh, my brain inventing Anna, and then he comes back and has to finish it. You know, he's like two different people that he's watching on the screen, you know, going from filming. Yeah showing up every day and then coming back from a lockdown. 
after eating pizza and drinking wine every night. <laughs> I think I was I was five pounds at least fatter walking <laughs> between scenes at one point. I'm like, oh, wow. I uh, when I was in the living room, I looked like this. And then when I walked into the other room, I'm grayer. That's um, but that's uh, there. Actually, there was one scene that I was talking to one of my castmates, James Callis, about. And he said uh, he the the flips or the uh, the adjacent scene. It was really it was a, uh, you know, walking from one room to another and making that move. Those scenes were shot one year to the day wow. apart from one another. But it's it really was like and I think it's a, a tribute to this cast and crew that we all just jumped right back in because we were all so ready to go the whole time, you know, like um, and it was it was nice to have something during the lockdown and during the shutdown of everything to look forward to, to know that we weren't finished, that yeah. we were only about two thirds of the way done and we still had a big chunk of the show left to make. So we all. You know, everybody, uh, we we stayed ready for it, uh, like firemen in the firehouse, just waiting for that bell to ring so we could slide down the pole and jump in the Ecto one. I realize now I'm talking about the Ghostbusters and not firemen. Right. Well, no, I get it. I mean, yeah. this show is great. Um, if people are fans of the genres like the National Treasures or the Fool's Golds, Matthew McConaughey, all these like adventure yeah. stories, Indiana Jones. This is definitely for you. You guys check all the boxes. Uh, for that. Um, but it's what I mean, from what we can talk about and what people have seen, mm -hmm. like what is kind of the gist of season two and what can people expect? Well, season two, I love that you mentioned National Treasure and Indiana Jones, because those are the shows and movies. That's the type of stuff I grew up on, you right. know, uh, uh, Romancing the Stone and oh, Jewel yeah. of the Nile and all those all these sort of big adventure like where at some point someone's going to be swinging on a vine or a rope over something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of vibe. Uh, I love our, uh, our showrunner referred to our genre as nineties touchstone, yes. which I was like, yeah, that is uh, that is very specific. And that's like, this show feels like you should watch it on VHS. Um, but story-wise <laughs> it's uh, it's a new adventure. It's a new treasure season one. The treasure was, uh, the treasure was Egyptian, ancient Egyptian. So it took us all over the Middle East and Western Europe. This time, the treasure is um, Asian. It's uh, Genghis Khan's spirit banner. That's the yes. treasure of the season. <laughs> so this season takes us to Asia and Eastern Europe. So whereas we spent a lot of time in the summer in Montreal, doubling Paris and Western European cities in the summertime. This year we spent Montreal in the wintertime and it's doubling Moscow and, you know, uh, lots of Eastern European and Soviet bloc uh, states. And then a lot of time in Southeast Asia, we shot a lot in Bangkok. So it does. It's uh, we've now covered four continents, which wow. I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to see if we get a season three so we can get all seven. I want to be the first narrative show to shoot in Antarctica. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Right. Um, and uh, again, it's just fantastic. I want to pivot here and talk about yeah. the podcast. Uh, the mm -hmm. new co-host, we got this with comedian Hal Lublin. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of fun. And uh, Thanks. each week you guys talk about different topics. Um, let's get into that. And, and how's the podcast going? And sort of how did the genesis of that begin? It's great. I appreciate you asking about it. We, um, so Hal and I did a show called The Thrilling Adventure Hour for a decade. Yes. 
and we loved it and we built up a great following and we would visit comic cons and uh, we had a graphic novel come out and it was this it was a really fun thing that kind of blew up and then after that show was over hal and i thought well we're not done we're really close friends who love making comedy for people's ears uh so we thought let's make a show that's uh, the two of us that's more just us because uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour was a narrative show and we're playing different characters throughout. But this is just us goofing around. And uh, our premise is we settle arguments. So we provide objective answers to subjective questions definitively for all time. We end each episode with a proclamation to the people of the world, letting them know that, no, you're not supposed to put ketchup on a hot dog. Uh, you are only supposed to hang your toilet paper overhand. And uh, in fact, the Mission Impossible series is better than the Fast and the Furious franchise. Okay, so now I I would agree with you on a very visceral level that the National Treasure, those are good films, but I do like the Fast and the Furious movies. I don't know why I feel like I'm so invested at this point in them. Well, uh, sure, it's it's the family. The family, yes. You got to love the family. Um, yeah, I will say in the last one, I feel like they did jump the shark a little bit going into outer space. I mean, I watching Ludacris with Nas. They had Nas tanks in their spaceship car. <laughs> That's funny. It is um, It is a delightful movie. Yeah, I mean, they're all good. Um, and of course, again, Blood and Treasure season two is available to stream now on paramount plus mm -hmm. uh, the podcast will link to that let's wrap up talking about drunk history i have sure. to say this was probably one of the best shows that ever existed oh thanks um, it's hilarious you can catch it regularly streaming on comedy central and then mm -hmm. it's kind of all over the place again we've had tim baltz on before who was a strong part of that yeah let's talk about this i want i asked him a similar question mm-hmm when it comes to these parodies that you do and that you did like kind of coming at the dialogue kind of comes to you and whether it's an earbug or you're kind of reading scripts, what, what was your experience like working on this, putting this together? Cause this was a very, or is a very different kind of show where you're sort of having a comedian or somebody come in who's intoxicated talking about a highly historical event. Uh, and then you're basically mimicking the story as they're talking, you're getting down all of the gestures, all of the very intricate movements of the person yeah. who's telling the story. Well, I actually, I only ever did that half of it once. Uh, so it's always, the seasons were always broken up into two parts. The first part, uh, Derek would interview a bunch of actors and comedians, very drunk, talking about a historical story. Right. And that's the part that I usually did. In fact, the show began uh, as just a one-off web video that we shot in my living room with me talking about the Hamilton and Bird duel. Yeah, um, that was that. Yeah, that was where it all started. Was just in the living room. But once the show got really going, it became he would shoot a full season of narrators okay. of the drunk narrators, then go through uh, and uh, a few editors over the years, but most notably the late great uh, Neil Mahoney. Uh, who we lost too soon, brilliant, brilliant editor, um, would cut together, you know, they would cut together these, these really drunken tales into shortened stories. And then 
the actors and giant movie stars at times. I mean, Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer and yeah. assorted other luminaries on the show. Um, yeah, it was just played over loudspeakers. And, you know, the one time that I did that half of it was for a Werner Braun um, episode. And I only had a couple of lines. I was just dropping in as uh, JFK in that one. And even that was terrifying to get it absolutely perfect. The uh, the cadence of the narrator and then to uh, actually execute it on the day was a lot of fun. And as the narrator, it's fun to see not only what the cast would do, what the reenactment cast would do with the words that I said, which was always hilarious. And to see who got, you know, cast in the different roles. I told the story of Bass Reeves once, who was this amazing, badass um, cowboy. So, of course, they got Jaleel White, Steve Urkel, to play him in the reenactment, uh, which was amazing. Um, but also to just see the story for the first time, because, I mean, I'm going to be honest, we are blackout drunk when we are making these. So I don't know what I said half the time. So uh, it comes up on the screen. I'm like, oh, oh, great. I guess I did get through the story. Derek used to always I used to uh, always call Derek the day after and say, did we get everything? <laughs> and he would always say the same thing, which is you call me every time and ask me this. Yes, we got everything. If we hadn't gotten everything, we would still be there doing it. Yeah, I love it. Um, it just was such a great show. And Thanks. I mean, again, you can watch reruns this of course, Blood and Treasure is fantastic as well. I appreciate um, it. I do want to talk about the comedian side because you are mm -hmm. a comedian and a comic. Um, is That's kind of where your roots got started, basically, right? And then the rest of this sort of just evolved. I, I don't yeah. want people to miss that part of the story because I feel like, you know, people see you in on this side of things, but there's all the years of the grinding and the comedy as well. Yeah, um, I was never a stand-up. I never did it as a solo artist, right. I was always an improviser. And that yeah. is, that is my, has been my bread and butter since I was in college. I went to school in Chicago and I would go to second city on the weekends and see Dratch and Faye and Adsit and Dorf and all these legends on the second city stage. So that became what I was really excited about doing. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, they had just opened a second city. And I got involved there, took the classes and um, became sort of a mainstay on uh, the stages there for a few years. And then I.O. and did a little bit of UCB as well. Um, but that I would say not only as far as forming comedically my voice and um, and what I like to present, what I like to talk about, what I like to focus on and all of those, you know, those things, but also it's where I found my tribe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would not, I would not have been a part of drunk history if I had not met Derek at second city. Um, I would not have the friends that I have now. I would not have the 10 years of thrilling adventure hour. I wouldn't have worked the decade. I worked at Disneyland if yeah. it weren't for, um, if it weren't for my time at second city and all of those people, not all, but you know, many of those people are still, my best friends in the world. And those are, those are who the people that make me the laugh, laugh the hardest. Did you ever work with Matt Walsh at all? Because he kind of did the same genre in time. Sure. Time. I mean, Matt Walsh is a legend in the improv world as one yeah. of the founders of UCB. Yeah. Uh, I never worked directly with Matt, but my words, my drunken words have come out of Matt Walsh's mouth. Yeah. Before. I was going to say, 
Um, did you ever have any interest in being a stand-up or was like the improv thing where you felt the most comfortable? You know, I thought about doing stand-up, um, but I really there's I and I envy the the stamina and the work ethic and the the just the sheer will that it takes to do that job. Okay. I work with other people. I like to I like to have someone else to bounce ideas off of. I guess I don't trust myself enough to be funny on my own that I just want other people around that make me laugh. And my goal is to make them laugh and by extension to make an audience laugh. Um, so no, I never really, I never really jumped into stand up, but I jumped into improv, you know, all in and still do it and still love it. You know, I think improv is a very important skill set for anything yeah. i took a few classes in sacramento uh during the pandemic because i was told that it would help with interviewing and podcasting and stuff yeah and to be able to riff with comedians or to improvisers and it really kind of helps on a lot of levels i'm not not trying to one-up anybody particularly but when you have like a joel McHale on or a howie mandel or a matt walsh or even yourself and you, you want to be able to connect and banter with people and not just kind of feel like, uh oh, you know, are they really picking on me or are they just kind of, are we just kind of doing our jam here like a well, talk show segment? You know what I mean? So it's a lot of fun. Um, it really is. I, I appreciate being in that company. That is great company to be in. And I, uh, there, there's no way that you can't make fun of someone that you're riffing with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're in that moment playing with someone, it's, there's such that fun, mutual respect and game of I'm going to make yeah. you laugh. You're going to make me laugh. And we're going to we're going to we're going to keep the ball moving in this particular game. Yeah, It's kind of like, are they being serious right now or are they just having fun? You know what yeah. I mean? And um, I love it. I'm excited uh, for the podcast. I'm excited for people to watch uh, Blood and Treasure season two, which is, again, available now on Paramount Plus to stream. Of course, the podcast, we got this, uh, which is available on all streamers. We'll make sure people have access to all of that. Uh, again, uh, Mark, big fan, excited to have been chatting with you. Thanks to your team uh, for putting this together. Thanks for hanging out today, my friend. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Brett. This is a treat. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you! If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A mega proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.